The reading is taken from Psalm 119, verses 89 to 96, and can be found on page 619 of the Church Bible. Verse 89. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Thank you, Liz. Good evening, everybody. It's good to see you. We'll continue our series in the evening on Psalm 119. And uh, looking at it as we're more of an introduction to how we can pray for various issues, issues affecting the church, the world, and our own personal lives. So, um, this evening uh, it's uh, verse 89, which Liz has just read for us, uh, focusing on the eternal word. Now, there are a couple of situations um, uh, whilst we were on holiday recently where I felt quite insecure. Actually, there's probably more than a couple, quite a few actually. But um, two particular ones do spring to mind. Um, one of those was when I was coming down from this uh, mountain which, which we climbed and I was trying to get my grip there was sort of loose scree um, quite dangerous you're looking for a firm foothold and what sometimes looked like a firm rock didn't actually turn out to be um, and even some of the rocks that um, yeah, did look firm when you've got a dodgy foot um, and other ones you want to be putting your weight on uh, the other one was surfing if you've never tried surfing before, it's harder than it looks. Um, when you do get up, if you get up, this is Joe, he did manage to get up, um, you do feel quite insecure. Uh, the board's going all over the place. Uh, and it may only last a few seconds. But feeling insecure physically is one thing. But of course, the real situations in life that cause us to feel insecure a lot of that is not knowing what the future may hold not maybe knowing if we are able to do what is expected of us or what other people expect of us and uh, next term we'll be looking at some of those uh, issues hopefully in the evening the great reassurance from these verses that we've just read is that in all the uncertainty of life God remains faithful he is a rock when all else is sinking sand the word of God stand firm forever and that's just already been pointed out in this evening's series this Psalm uh, 119 is um, Hebrew poetry is carefully composed there is rhythm there there are uh, poetic literary devices and so it's less clear in the English translation but in the Hebrew two images that stand out in these few verses are forever and firm both halves of this section for example, in verse 89 and verse 93, start with the word forever. Verse 89 says literally, Forever, O Lord, your word 
and carries on is firmly fixed in the heavens and carries on your faithfulness continues or endured through all generations in other words forever you established or you made firm the earth and it endures it stands firm did you see how these, these concepts of eternal and firm go together God's word cannot be moved it cannot be changed because God doesn't change his word is valid for for all time it doesn't need to be changed God is not like us where as soon as we open our mouths we wish we hadn't done or we replay conversations in our minds as we wish they had gone but sadly didn't God's word is perfect it always achieves what he wants it to achieve and so what he says is trustworthy as we looked at last week what Mark was saying God's promises are reliable unlike human promises that are not reliable because as humans we are imperfect but God is perfect and the way it says in these verses that God illustrates the firmness of his word is through creation God created the world by his word he said let there be light let there be a sky let there be creatures let there be vegetation and there were and Psalm 33 says by the word of the Lord the heavens were made their starry host by the breath of his mouth God created the world by his word and he sustains it by his word people on the other hand they come and go we might live for 80 years if we're lucky then we'll die our children and grandchildren may succeed us but as generations come and go the earth remains its characteristics may change as different generations exploit it in different ways but like us it is fallen but basically it remains because God sustains it and so we can look at it and we can see God as it says in Romans 1 for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse if the earth can remain firm all that time it's because God remains firm all that time and if God remains firm then his word must remain firm if God is, is constant, if his physical world is constant, then his law, his instruction for living in this world, must be constant. Verse 91 says, your laws endure to this day. As people come and go, societies change. Different times in history, in different parts of the, the world, people um, have held to God's law, in differing degrees in our own country we know that uh, in the last uh, few decades uh, there has been great rejection of God's law as a result of that unsurprisingly is greater moral breakdown greater social problems <coughs> in many parts of the country for example the key aspect of Christian teaching of God's word is, is putting the, other, the interests of others before your own it is about being faithful and honest and trustworthy and as those concepts have been neglected we've witnessed the breakdown of marriages, uh, of families Centre for Social Justice reported last year that 3 million 
children in the UK are growing up predominantly with their mothers. Now the absence of fathers is linked to higher rates of teenage crime, pregnancy and disadvantage. But because freedom and tolerance have become more important than truth and faith in God, it becomes hard to, to do something about it. I don't know what you read last year about the High Court Judge, Paul Coleridge. He was uh, given a formal warning for judicial misconduct. And he supposed Mr. Leader was, uh, was speaking out in favour of marriage. He set up the Marriage Foundation uh, uh, to promote healthy, stable relationships. And he felt it now impossible to stay in the position he had. The Word of God is not outdated. It is not irrelevant, as many might think. It has all we need to know about how to live lives in the 21st century as well as the 1st century. And above all, it gives us what we need most, and that is the promise of life. Which brings us on to the second point, which is our response to the eternal word of God. The word of God stands firm forever, and if we trust in the word of God, we will be saved. Come look at verse 92. It says, If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. The thing running through the whole of this Psalm 119 is about our delight in God's Word, isn't it? More precious than gold, the psalmist says. And in what way has the psalmist delighted in God's Word? What has the psalmist done with God's Word in his time of trouble? and affliction. Well look at verse 93, if you turn over the page, he says, Forever I will not forget your precepts. He holds on to the truth of God's word. He never sets it aside. He never looks for something else to help him. He doesn't forget. He remembers. Well, 94, I've sought out your precepts. He's actively turned to God's word. He's he's, um, discovered what it has to say. He knows that God's word is the only place worth going to. And once he's found it, he doesn't just move on quickly. It says in verse 95, I will ponder your statutes. I will meditate on them. I will dwell there. I will linger on them. I will spend time in your word. And why does he do that? Because verse 93, for by them, by those precepts, you have preserved my life. Save me for I am yours. God's word is a matter of life and death. The wicked are waiting to destroy the psalmist, it says, that God will preserve his life. The evil one is waiting to destroy us. The Lord's prayer that we've been looking at in the mornings ends with the words, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Satan wants to destroy us. He wants to take our life and he does that by trying to convince us that God's word is not worth trusting in it is not eternal you can take it or leave it God is not faithful Jesus is not the way the truth and the life but God's word says whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life to believe in Jesus is to preserve our life for eternity to have a relationship with God forever we don't know how long we'll live in this life God doesn't promise to preserve our lives in this world. He does promise to preserve them for eternity. One of the books I read on holiday was called 
Rachel's Tears, I don't know whether any of you have read it, um, you can find a picture coming up on the screen. Rachel Scott was one of the uh, teenagers killed in the um, Columbine School massacre back in uh, uh, 1999. And the book is written by her parents, uh, but using the, the many journals that she wrote um, during her life. And the journals have revealed the deep faith that she had the year before she died, she had a strong sense that she probably wouldn't live uh, very long, but didn't know where that was coming from. The uh, two teenage killers specifically targeted Christians, and when they found Rachel, they shot her, as it says here, multiple times, and then pointed a gun to her head and asked, do you still believe in your God? And she says, you know I do, you know I do and they killed her. And the amazing thing is that through her death, through the, the book and the ministry of her parents now, she has impacted millions of people. And many have come to faith as a result of her. She's no longer alive on this earth, but her life is preserved. Save me, for I am yours, she says. Rachel made it clear to her killers to whom she belonged. Before Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember, he, he prayed to the Father. And when he prayed to his disciples, he, he, he said this. He says, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They belonged to God, because Jesus gave them the word of God, and they trusted in it. If we trust in ourselves, our lives will never be firm. We'll never be able to control them ourselves. It's easy to think, once I get through this, this current this issue, this current stage in life, this current crisis, whatever it is, everything will become so much easier. But it never will. But in the midst of that insecurity, that uncertainty, there is a rock on which we can rely. If we belong to Jesus, if we trust in God and his word, then we can trust in the promise that our lives will be preserved and he will never leave us or forsake us. The word of God stands firm forever. And if we trust the word of God, we will be saved. We're going to have a time, um, a little bit later we're going to have a time to pray about some specific situations in the life of the church and the world and our own personal lives where there is uncertainty where well, we do need that, that firmness, where we do need to rely on God, and we're going to call out to him for that. Um, but first of all, if we can just have a time of um, open prayer, we'll spend we'll this smaller group later on amongst ourselves. But this is the time of open prayer. Just respond to what God has said in his word. Uh, just respond in praise. Just praise him for his eternal word. Just praise him that we can trust him, that he is unchanging. Praise him that he does preserve our lives. There's so much, just those few verses to praise him about. Let's have a moment to do that. And uh, as we've done the last couple of weeks, if you um, would like to pray, then uh, do put your hand up and I'll bring round the mic so that everybody can hear what you have to pray. Let's turn to God in prayer to pray. Look, I'll be praising that your word is eternal, that it is never ending that it is certain and that you are faithful. 
Amen. If you just uh, take a seat. I wonder if you could um, just greet with the people around you, maybe in threes or fours or fives, however, um, whatever seems suitable. If you would prefer just to sit on your own, that's, uh, that's fine as well. But if we can just um, have a, a time of praying for situations, maybe in the world, um, I don't need to go through those uncertain situations that are out there at the moment, but also particularly in the life of the church, I think, looking ahead where there is uncertainty, where we need the Lord's um, strength as we look to the future. Just a few I can mention to you, um, which I'm sure you're praying for already. Um, Jeff and Hannah, for their future as they seek to know God's will in their lives, for, for this next stage in their lives. Um, to Mark and Seth, great to have them on board as they are formally um, commissioned, inducted, um, for, for them settling into to Long Crendon and life at, at this church. Uh, for the elders as they consider the vision for the future of this church uh, and the rest of the, the, the leaders. Uh, for new leaders, for, for different ministry areas, uh, particularly for uh, youth and children's work, uh, for toy boxes we've talked about before. And also for our children and young people, they're getting ready to go back to school in the next couple of weeks as uh, many of us just had exam results. Uh, some will be going off to university. So for all of them, there'll probably be a bit of a change in their in their lives for this next term. So there's a few things, but I'm sure the Lord will put other things on your heart. It's a, uh, a time to pray about those particular issues and then we'll come back together and we can share some more personal things in, in just a moment. Just five, ten minutes in small groups. It'd be great. Thank you. You could uh, bring your prayers to, to an end. Then just um, remain in the groups in which you are, but maybe just spend a few minutes now just sharing maybe one particular area of your life which you feel um, is uncertain, which is insecure, which you love the Lord just to reassure you that he's there for you. Um, just spend a couple of minutes sharing and then praying for a few minutes for, for one another's personal needs. Let's, let's pray again. Father, we thank you that... Um, Again, your word is eternal, it is firm forever. And in the same way as the psalmist cried out, Save me for I am yours, we thank you that we are yours. And as yours, that you will promise to protect us and preserve our lives uh, for eternity. And we thank you for the confidence and the certainty that that gives us in these uh, uncertain lives that we live now in this world. We bring before you all those people just mentioned, and many more that we haven't and ask that, that you will protect them in your loving arms. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to finish by singing together a great hymn in which we remind ourselves of the great faithful God that we worship. Um, and the words of the, the first verse, the words we've been considering in the psalm just now. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not, as thou hast been. Thou forever wilt be. I stand in great is thy faithfulness. To him who is able to keep you from falling, and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.